Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Derek Scott, Brendan Escott with you. Uh, it is currently 105, hour number two of Oilers Now. The Edmonton Oilers in action tonight against the Seattle Kraken. Oilers Now brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer, the ideal place to start your daily vacation. Uh, Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite Japanese restaurant. Reserve your party at jvedmonton.ca. Don and his staff at Japanese Village will take care of you. We are going to head off to the River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline, the River Creek Resort and Casino Excitement Bet on it, and for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It is our Oilers Now headliner brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Who says it just might be the best you've ever tasted? It is the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. He did our show for the last four seasons. He's been kind enough to... Um, be an occasional guest. Uh, still a very uh, popular guy out there with a lot of different business interests going on right now. We welcome back to the show former NHL general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, former head of Octagon's player agency, uh, currently a free agent. Brian Lawton joins us here in Oilers now. Brian, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Bob. How are you? Good. Now, does that work? Free agent, is that the best way to uh, to state uh, where you're at right now? Or business investor, how do I, what do I sort of uh, tag, or, or just Brian Lawton, damn it, that's all you need to know. <laughs> I am a free agent. Uh, I have enjoyed working at NHL Network for the better part of the last seven years. Uh, typically have spent anywhere from... 90 to 140 days on the road. Um, I wouldn't say I'm Tom Brady getting a little pressure, but uh, I'm pulling back a little bit from that 140 days on the road and looking for a new uh, job, hopefully with the team, because that's really my goal. I enjoyed working at NHL Network, but I would love to be working with the team, have a little bit more of a dog in the fight, and be able to apply maybe some of the things I've learned over the last 30-plus years in this game. Well, Brian, I'm going to take you back to a couple of years ago when you were on the show and we were talking about Dylan Holloway uh, because he has been the number one story and uh, uh, out there, uh, you know, he's had a, he was the best player in the rookie tournament by a mile. And, I mean, I, I've been at all those tournaments in Penticton. You know, uh, Taylor Hall was at the first one in 2010, Nugent Hopkins in 11. Uh, we didn't have one in 12, so no Yakupov. But then uh, in 14, Drysettle. 15, McDavid, albeit in the game. 16, Pugliarvi. The most dominating performance, albeit a 20-year-old, not an 18-year-old, was Dylan Holloway, 20 at the time. But you were a guy two years ago in our show, Brian, that said Dylan Holloway coming out of Wisconsin very well could be a trade line, like a trade deadline day acquisition. You were quite bullish on him after, you know, during the course of his second season at Wisconsin. Why was that the case? Well, I 
think if you did your due diligence that year, you know, Dylan, his first year at Wisconsin was kind of Mr. Everything for them. But as a underclassman or younger player, he didn't really get the type of ice time I thought that allows a player to really excel and stand out. He did stand out with his coaches, and I did have a number of conversations with Tony Granato, Marco Siti, the coaches at Wisconsin, as to what is up with Dylan. You know, he does so many good little things. What's the story? And they just couldn't stop raving about him. It actually got to a point where Tony literally said to me, it's my fault he hasn't gotten more recognition this year because I have used him in a lot of the dirty jobs and he has done them so selflessly that somebody is going to get an absolute steal on this player when the draft rolls around. Uh, I asked him, geez, that's surprising. Why, you know, aren't more people talking to you about a player like him? He said, you know what? A lot of guys come in, they watch the games and they leave. And that's not good enough or deep enough to really get to the bottom of every player. Obviously, the Edmonton Oilers did their homework, and I think they got themselves a real gem, gem from that draft, personally. Well, and, and again, we have people out there, and uh, you know, some people are saying, pump the brakes, go little, just hold off here in a top six spot. But I'm from the school, you can't be afraid to see what you see. And what I see is a guy who can do lots of different things, but he, it's his pace and his competitiveness and it's his mind on the ice. Like, he can process the game, Brian. And again, he got derailed twice here. This isn't like an 18-year-old kid, is it? No, it's not. But there's a lot of things. I love, I love major junior hockey as an agent in the United States. I had a lot of college players. I used to actually send college players to the WHL, guys like Mark Parrish, Ben Clymer, guys that went on and played really well, brought some kids over from Europe like Oleg Sikrikin, who played for Seattle, Dmitry Nabokov played in Regina. And uh, I love college hockey in that it affords you an opportunity to get bigger, stronger, slows down your development, maybe a little bit, but allows you to get a lot of reps in practice-wise. I love junior hockey because it's the closest thing to pro hockey in terms of, hey, you get the job done, there's no excuses, the travel's not easy. There's a lot more games. But this is essentially what pro hockey is. So I love both the different leagues. In Dylan's case, I think it served him well to kind of have a little bit extra time uh, to work on his game, to go through some of that, and it was just a perfect fit for him. Now at 21, to me, he looks like a guy that's ready to come in and not just to make the Oilers team, but to have an impact and what a godsend that would be for this organization to get somebody internally, particularly that can play a top nine role. That's just money or gold for the Edmonton Oilers right now. Well, uh, you know, you're good friends with Dave Tippett. He went into that series against Winnipeg a couple of years ago, and we were thinking, well, maybe, you know, they'd have Holloway and McLeod pushing to help. Well, it, since then, they've signed Zach Hyman and Evander Kane. And, oh, by the way, now Ryan McLeod's got an NHL season under his belt. And Holloway's on the precipice. And you mentioned top nine. And, you know, because of the offensive creativity, he's got a chance to be a top six guy at some point during the course of the season, Brian. Different Oilers team, yeah. too, isn't it? With the additions it, it of those two top-end guys. Uh, completely different. A lot more uh, weapons in the arsenal, so to speak. Um, perfect environment, I think, to bring a guy like Dylan Holloway in who will bring some youth and enthusiasm. 
Uh, it's going to have a little bit of a uh, getting used to period as you travel around the National Hockey League. He's been so good in the preseason, and you have to do that to make this step. At the same time, there are a number of kids that fall off after that. Yep. I don't think he'll. I don't think he'll be one of them personally. But that does happen, and it's okay if it does happen because players that don't make it right out of camp when they're 21 years old, it doesn't mean you won't be a big part of the team. It doesn't mean you're excluded from being a big part of the team. You're going to see guys go up and down. He just looks like he's a guy to me that's ready to make that next step right now. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing too. We're joined by Brian Lawton, former general manager, Tampa Bay Lightning. You started Octagon's player agency. I hate to do this to the listeners, but we got to have a conversation on this. Leon Dreisaitl's got three years left in his deal. We have Connor McDavid four years left in his deal. The time is now for the Edmonton Oilers. We know that. Has the time already begun for Octagon to map out what we might be looking at with Dreisaitl, say, uh, you know, in a negotiation in a couple of years' time? Uh, I'd be shocked if they weren't going through those machinations right now. I know they would be if I was still there because we were really adamant about it, and I'm not saying they're not. I'm saying I'd be shocked if they weren't. They'd be thinking about the future. Everybody's watching the salary cap. Everybody knows it's been very slow. The last couple of years probably going to be slow for a couple more, but then it's going to start to pop. And all of a sudden, Nathan McKinnon, who's the, you know, the newest guy on the block, signing under this, system where the cap is where it's at is being paid a little bit more than Connor McDavid. I think that's going to change uh, when a guy like Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid, for that matter, come up for new contracts. And a firm like Octagon, who's so diligent in their preparation, would be pretty well into that by now. We're joined right now by uh, Brian Lott. What, I mean, realistically here, it's funny because when he signed the deal at eight and a half million, there was a lot of criticism for it for what Pete Shirelli did. I think Pete's got to get like you can criticize Shirelli all you want for the Reinhardt trade, you know, for how Strom and Spooner worked out for a couple of the other deals that made just before he got uh, relieved of his duties as general manager. But the, the deals for McDavid and Drysaddle ultimately they turned out to be pretty good, didn't they? They turned out to be real good. And at the time, you know, if you recall, Paves and Kane were kind of the high water mark in the National Hockey League. They're both making ten and a half, had won some Stanley Cups by that point. And a lot of people were like, Why are we paying Connor McDavid essentially two million dollars more than these two guys who are rock stars? Well, I think Peter Shirelli, uh, to give him credit, had a pretty good view as to where Connor was going and where the salary cap was going. Ultimately, uh, it was not just Connor's deal that was so good for the club or just Leon's. It was a combination of the two that was so good, particularly when you look around the league and you look at tandems that are really successful and how much they cost. So it certainly has aged well. Uh, back then, I could tell you I was totally wrong. I thought Edmonton went too far in paying these young players, but they have proven to be worth it. And it's actually proven to be a very, very strong deal for Edmonton. But at the time, because I remember going through it, I look at everybody's deals when they come up. I want to estimate where they're at. Um, I'm blown away by the crazy things you know, we're seeing right now. Guys like Stutzla, who I love, but uh, already you know, guaranteed in the pocket, 8.1 plus million. 
there's a lot of changes going on right now with contracts in the National Hockey League. All right, uh, Brian, switching focus here. You mentioned you'd like to get into the biz, uh, back into the business and work for a team. I want to ask you about analytics because I know you have time for it. I know you might have been ahead of your time with what you implemented in Tampa Bay. I do believe that there's certain organizations that do it well, and Tampa Bay and Florida and Carolina might be three of them. They also have some advantages, specifically with American players. But is it even a changing landscape over the course of this summer? with the amount of data points that are out there that are available, and maybe educate our listeners into how much of this stuff's actually going on right now. Lots going on uh, underneath the scene. My interest and experience in analytics is having hired the guy that's in Tampa, Michael Peterson, who does a fantastic job. Uh, we hired him back in 08. He's still there today. Uh, pretty quiet kid, goes about his business, but make no mistake, very valuable member for that organization. The Washington Capitals asked me to help them find somebody once upon a time. Uh, I recommended a guy by the name of Tim Barnes that people know that I had done some work with. And uh, Tim used to write stories under the name Vic Ferrari. A lot of fans in Edmonton probably remember this. He is unbelievable and has done an incredible job for the Washington Capitals. Their coach in Carolina, like you mentioned, is excellent. Sonny Mecca in Florida, also another rising star out there. These guys are, they understand game theory and they understand predictive models. And I don't know with the new, so what happened in National Hockey League is we finally got to the puck and player tracking, chip in the jersey, chip in the puck. We know exactly what's going on on the ice. We can measure everything. All that information was given equally to every club at the same time. Now it's up to the clubs to build an engine out of all this new data to try to figure out what is meaningful for the fans. How can it help us evaluate players better? And the good teams are doing that. They're really deep in that. Some of them are practically done with that and working with their new models models that will give them predictions on what should happen in the future one thing you have to understand about the models is that you have to pick the most meaningful analytics because there's so many that matter that drive winning that is the name of the game but in the end you also have to understand that there is a randomness or an amount of luck in the game of hockey and we've seen this with the Edmonton Oilers because I felt like Dave Kippett was going through a stretch like that where the team was playing pretty good before he was eventually let go and they just couldn't buy any points. That happens. But every team five to eight years from now will be managing their team by predictive models. And you can find lots of them out there on public websites and things like that, particularly at this time of the year. A lot of them are, they're not terrible, but they don't go deep enough the way these teams that are really dominating on their player moves in the National Hockey League, like in Carolina, they go out and get Brent Burns. That shocked a lot of people. I think Brent's got like five goals in the preseason. So there's just a lot more work you can do. The business is changing. It's critical. I think Edmonton is a team that recognizes that, and I'd be shocked if uh, you know a guy like Brad Holland, who's been moved up in the organization, isn't making huge strides in that area right now. We're joined right now by Brian Lawton. Brian, did you did you see the athletics rankings of the 32 teams, which is heavily influenced uh, by simulation and predictive models? I did. 
I, I believe the Edmonton Oilers were just behind the Calgary Flames, which I would not agree with. Well, no, they had <laughs> Toronto number one and Calgary number two. They had the Oilers tenth. Now, right? They do. But, but they, I mean, in their just in the Pacific. Yeah. They had Calgary for the team just ahead of Edmonton. Well, I find. I mean, I find it. Now, they don't factor in playoffs, which, you know, in their predictive model, based on time on ice, they actually had Mitch Marner being a, uh, <laughs> creating more wins than Nathan McKinnon. I'm like, how in the hell does that work? Mitch Marner hasn't even been a point-per-game player in the playoffs. Right, right. And it's the secret sauce that goes into the models. That's why... Some of the models, that, and there's tons of them out there. I could find five model, predictive models right now in the NHL with a Google search. It doesn't mean they're all good, but it doesn't mean they're all terrible either. And I commend the people that are doing them because I think it helps kind of move the whole narrative forward. But the teams that are really good, make no mistake, I have sat there with them. I've looked at their models. I know what they're doing to some degree. Everybody keeps it pretty close to the vest as they should. But the teams that are doing it good are the teams that realize the difference between measurable and meaningful. And that's just a nice way of saying they know what really determines wins and losses. And now that we have all this new data, they should get even better at it. And I wouldn't be surprised to see those teams that I know have been ahead of the curve that rise up even higher in the future. Brian, great stuff. Thanks for the time. I, I hope we can have a chance to do this maybe once a month, okay? Love to do it, Bob. Thank you very much, as always, for having me on. That is Brian Lawton, the former general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Was on the NHL Network for a number of years. Started Octagon's player agency. Uh, and, and, again, we'll hear from Brian maybe uh, every three or four weeks here at Oilers Now. We're going to take about a four-minute break right now. It is 122, and you're listening to Oilers Now. Hockey is here. It's also time to think about upgrading your truck or SUV and our friends at Brent Ridge Ford. They have inventory flying off the lot. They're down to 15 new and used Ford SUVs and only 13 new and used trucks. All units are competitively priced, and of course, Brent Ridge treats their customers fairly. They boast an outstanding service department. Uncle Milt, Johnny, and Rich will be happy to look after your vehicle needs. Call them, 780-352-6048. Remember, cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. And uh, we're going to go to the Oilers Now Injury Report because it plays a factor in the lineup tonight. It is brought to you all season long by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. James H. Brown. Trent Brown missed him at last night's draft. James H. Brown was there, though. That was fun. Uh, Trent Brown, the gang at uh, James H. Brown, want you to uh, stay safe. Stay positive. It's all good. All right, let's get to it. For Edmonton, uh, we will not see Warren Fogel or Kyler Yamamoto tonight. Uh, both uh, a little bit uh, dinged up. And uh, we will tell you that uh, Tyler Benson is going to be out multiple weeks, may end up on LTIR as well after uh, getting hit by Curtis Lazar in the Vancouver Canucks. Jack Campbell starts in Golden Knight. Uh, do expect to see Nurse and CeCe Bouchard and Kulak, the Oilers' top two D pairings together. Tyson Berry will play as well, most likely with Ryan Murray. Uh, the Oilers by my count, have 12 healthy forwards today after sending Matthias Janmark and Dmitry Samarukov on waivers at noon. At uh, 1.34 today, Seattle Kraken analyst Dave Tomlinson will join us after we go to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell.